T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Sports Daily. It is the Friday before the Super Bowl. Got to get through one more workday, everybody. One more. And then it's party time this weekend. Chiefs fans ready and, uh, well, able to take down another Super Bowl. If it's up to us, we both pick the Chiefs. Jacob Albrock here alongside Tommy Castor. Jad Chambers producing. Uh, Lots of fun coming up today. We'll have the voice of the K-State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, joining us in the next segment. We'll look ahead to the weekend for K-State. Look ahead to the weekend, of course, for KU and Wichita State hoops as well. Get you some of the sound from Las Vegas yesterday. The Niners and the Chiefs both talking. So we'll dig into that a little bit as we make our way through this. Uh, it's, you know, Tom, it's the last Friday before we have football. Like all of these things happening. It's it's kind of a sad day in that regard. Like what what are we going to do with our lives without football? Man, like, I always like it, that's though. That's it. I mean, I, of course, I'm going to miss the football season. But then you can really dive into college basketball and March Madness then the Masters right around the corner. Spring is my favorite season of the entire year, so I'm, I'm always all about it. Although I am going to miss football, um, you know, but it's good because I feel like it dominates life so much for so long. It's going to be nice to get yeah. a little breather. It, it, that's true. I, I, I'm with you on that. It is not, but then I'm ready for it to be back. Like by the time the draft rolls around, I'm like, all right, yeah. like what are we doing here? Like where, where's our football? Um, so I, I, uh, I'll miss it. You're into, you know, golf on television a little more than I am. Um, but I love the masters Like you're right. March madness. Like I feel like football doesn't interrupt March madness though. Like it's, it's a, it's great now, right? College basketball and football. My favorite is when those two merge probably now when baseball's good, that's probably the best, like October, right? Like when you got good baseball and that kind of thing. So it's all good. We'll be fine. We got one more to play, and it'll be a good one. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's one that there are very mixed feelings on how this game is going to go, which is which makes it good. You know, last year's game was a fun one. This year's game, I think, lines up to be even more competitive. I heard – I don't remember who it was yesterday. Somebody talking about the teams the Chiefs have gone up against in the postseason and trying to compare this one to any of those. And I'm not sure who I would compare it to. 
you know, they're not as good defensively as they were the first time they played the Chiefs. Not as good defensively, uh, you know, statistically, I don't think, as the Eagles were coming in last year. The Buccaneers, it, it, it may be like the Buccaneers, right? A, an insanely high-powered offense, and then the Buccaneers just had one big defensive performance in that game. But that wasn't a world-beating defense all season either. So maybe that's the comparison, and maybe that's bad news for the Chiefs. I don't know. But it's I, I don't know how to compare this challenge because it's not like Buffalo. It's not like Baltimore, I don't think. It may be more like Buffalo. Baltimore's defense was better than San Francisco's is. Uh, they had a an explosive offense too, but I think it's very different to defend Baltimore's offense than it is Kansas City's. Uh, sorry, than it is San Francisco's offense. Is that fair? Like they're both really good, but they're good for totally different reasons. Well, I think that what San Francisco brings to the table is a lot more versatility than Baltimore does. You knew exactly the way that Baltimore could score, and with San Francisco, they've got I think different kinds of weapons and different ways that they can score the football. Like, well, you knew with Baltimore that running the football, it was primarily going to be Lamar Jackson. And, yeah, they've got multiple running backs like Gus Edwards and, you know, others to run the football. But that's not the focal point of their offense. It's Lamar at quarterback. I mean, hell, he's the MVP of the year, right? You know, and so yeah. uh, you knew that he was going to – run a lot you knew that he could probably throw his way you know to some touchdowns and that sort of thing too so you really had to work on limiting him uh and they've, he's got a great tight end in, in Mark Andrews also but uh, for San Francisco a lot more versatility and they can go to a lot more guys to score and to get big chunk plays whether you're talking about McCaffrey out of the backfield or any one of their great receivers and of course George Kittle is one of the best out there so there are a lot of different ways that the Niners can score and that makes it a little bit more challenging I think for Kansas City yeah I I, th I agree I think it'll be you know Baltimore was I, I think the better offense in total but I think that San Francisco's does provide more challenges to Kansas City um, I just, you know, stylistically, I, I think that that matchup is going to be more difficult for a defense that's going to be down, you know, it's down one of its key defensive linemen and we'll see how healthy Chris Jones is. We'll see how healthy Willie Gay is like there, there's a lot of this and you're not, it'll never come to this because of Mahomes and Kelsey and the fact that they've won these Super Bowls, but like there's it with just within the game, there's certainly been more adversity, I think for the chiefs. Uh, than there have been the 49ers, especially lately because of these injuries. Spags has the time to prepare. I'm fascinated by all of it. I'm fascinated. I, I told you yesterday, Mahomes Bosa is just so interesting to me because you know Bosa's getting in there, right? Like he's going to be into the backfield. So how do the Chiefs offset that? How does Mahomes offset that like he does, right? He's Houdini back there. He's Gumby a little bit, like all the things that he does. Does that hold up against one of the best in the business? Like there are so many little individual matchups that that I'm just fascinated by, right? Uh, can can these great middle linebackers for San Francisco do anything with Travis Kelsey? Probably they will against Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, can you, you know it, it? It just there isn't to me like this clear definitive path for either team. Right. Like it's just it's it, you could make about a thousand different cases one way or the other. Why one team's going to beat the other one. It really is an interesting and fascinating matchup. And that's what I mean, I'm I'm probably of all the Super Bowl matchups that the Chiefs have been in through this stretch. 
the most intrigued by this one. I certainly have less of a feel for this one than I did the others. Um, but that makes it more fun. Like that, that, you know, and you looked at the beginning of the year. Once we saw Philadelphia, you know, stumble a little bit and it looked like, okay, well, they're not the same team last year. I mean, it's you've looked at the 49ers the whole time. Like if you're a Chiefs fan wondering, like, who are we going to play in the Super Bowl? It's been the 49ers for a long time. This is the matchup I think that football deserves, right? These are the two best teams. And I don't, you know, no offense to Baltimore or Buffalo or anything like that, but these are the two best teams, right? These are the best representatives of their conference. We got that last year too, I think. Um, but that that also makes it fun. Like this feels like a true heavyweight bout. No no real underdog. You can talk about that. You know, Mahomes is an underdog from a betting perspective, but the Chiefs are not an underdog in this game. Not not like the Lions were underdogs, right in the NFC Championship. Don't get me wrong. I definitely am glad the Chiefs are in it, and I'm picking them to win, and I want them to win. I kind of disagree with you. I think Baltimore and San Francisco would have been, I mean, they were the two number one seeds. I mean, Baltimore had a great record throughout the regular season and dominated. They just fell to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. So I disagree with you there. I love the fact that this is the matchup, though. I'm not complaining about it one bit. Um... Boy, I don't, yeah, well, you know I don't agree. I've been I, I've been saying it for a long time. You've been down that, on the that, Ravens that, all right. along. Plus, we already saw the Ravens and the and the 49ers. We didn't need to see that again. We haven't seen this one yet. We'll come back. Wyatt Thompson will shift gears a little bit, shift into college hoops. We'll do that when we return on Sports Daily. The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Your new radio home for K-State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is Sports Daily on this Friday ahead of the Super Bowl. Wyatt Thompson joins us. Real quick, Wyatt, before we get into uh, K-State hoops this weekend, who are you picking in the Super Bowl? Oh, you got to go with the Chiefs, right? I, I, I just can't go against Patrick Mahomes right now. Um, so impressed with him being there on two fronts, one for the last five years, and then getting there by winning road games at Buffalo and at Baltimore. That's pretty impressive, don't you think? I do. I do. This will be the yeah. toughest challenge. We're with you. We both we both have them, too. And, you know, sometimes yeah. that logic is sound, right? And it's where it's worked out for them. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be fantastic. You got hey, you'll be pretty close to Vegas out there, at least a lot closer than you are from here out there in Utah. Are you yeah. ready for the trip? Is this your first time to BYU? Actually, no. Uh, back in what I describe as my previous life at Colorado State before I came to K-State, I had been to Provo many, many times. Uh, a lot of years we were in the whack together there and then later in the Mountain West. And it, I, I will tell you this, I think K-State fans are going to enjoy going out there. I, I've heard of, of a few already making plans to go out there this fall for football. Um, it, it's a very unique place, obviously. Uh, it's a picturesque setting. Uh, their basketball arena is just a little less than 18,000 and they normally pack it. They've got a really good team this year and football is just such, the setting is so great because it's right there, you know, at the Wasatch mountains. And it's, it's one of the best venues in the country from my perspective. So 
yeah, I, I think our fans are going to love it. Man, you know what's crazy, Wyatt? The metrics love BYU basketball this season. And, you know, I, I haven't really watched a lot of their games. I mean, I know they're brand new in the conference. What do we know about yeah. BYU and what kind of challenge awaits the Wildcats? Well, I'll tell you what really stands out. Um, everybody talks about the prowess with the three-point shooting. They make, not take, make about 12 threes a game. That, that's pretty impressive. But if you dig deeper and, and start to analyze them, I think you have, you have a very veteran team, which is always good. You have really good balance. Um, and, and I think I counted six guys that averaged double figures. I did an interview with uh, some of their guys out there at an ESPN radio station in Provo yesterday, and they said, uh, do, you, do you know of anybody in the league that, that is like BYU in terms of that balance as opposed to having a, a Hunter Dickinson or somebody like that up top? And the only team that I could think of maybe w- would be maybe Baylor. Um, but you get the idea. They're, they're balanced. They're veteran. They shoot the three. But here's one thing that I'll tell you. They're more physical than you think they are. They're better defensively than you think they are. And with Ali Khalifa back, he's missed the last two games with an illness, and he's expected to play in the game tomorrow night. They literally have what our coach said last night on his radio show is the best passing big man in the country. So <laughs> they bring, there's, a re, there's a reason why those people like their metrics. They're pretty good. Yeah, well, so how does that match up then, do you think, for K-State, though, Wyatt? You know, we see them capable of beating Baylor, capable mm-hmm. of beating KU. Like, we, we know it's in there. How stylistically does a team like BYU match up, do you think, for this squad? Well, I think, I think K-State has to play physically, and I think they're capable of doing that. But I also think that they really have to do a good job of guarding the three and it's difficult because of their ability to spread you and pass and their threat at the rim. That that's really the deal. I think for K state, and we can probably talk a little bit about the KU game in a little bit, but I I think a couple of things that helped them get over the hump was, as they got back to being a better rebounding team, they outboarded KU by 10 um, made some threes also, and, and just had shorter stretches of poor play. I think you guys would probably agree with most of that. And then yeah. Tyler was pretty special. And and coach says this all the time. Sometimes, you know, the game comes down to just, can you make enough shots? And I, I think that will be true too. You, you just have to hope that you catch them on a night where they, maybe they make eight or nine as opposed to 13 or 14, which they're capable of doing too. Let's go back to that KU game, Wyatt. Uh, we know the rivalry game. We know the Sunflower Showdown. Um, you know, every single year, every single time these two teams match up, uh, I feel like you can kind of throw the spread out the window because it, you just it's always unpredictable the way that it's going to go down. But the Wildcats got a very impressive win against a, a really talented and top-loaded Kansas team. What did you take away from that game and the way that the Wildcats can move forward in conference play? Well, I think it really was a very much-needed game. Uh, when you go into the game on a four-game slide, uh, and find a way to beat the fourth-ranked team in the country, even even if it is at home, it gives you a sense of, hey, we're back on track a little bit. Let's see where we go from here. They're still hoping to be a tournament team. And I think it proves to them, too, that when they're playing at, at a good level, they can compete with everybody, anybody and everybody. Um, and, and so I think the practices this week have, have reflected that, that uh, little shot of confidence. Um, and, and you hope you can take that out onto the road. And 
win or lose Saturday night, you know, there's still, you know, eight games to go plus the tournament. Um, you you got to win your share because they're right there now. It's not a guarantee, obviously, that they get in just because they beat Kansas. There's many people that have said this week that they still have some work to do, and I believe that to be so. But if they can get to near 500 or a little bit better in the league, which will be hard, then I, th- I think they've got a shot. For for me, it all comes down to can you take what you did Monday night and, and shortening those segments of, of poor play. They still had too many turnovers. It wasn't perfect. Don't misunderstand. But uh, I, I think it was better. Can they replicate that and, and continue to improve with that uh, through the rest of the regular season and into postseason play? Yeah, I think, Wyatt, and I'm glad you went there because that's where I was going to go next. I, I When I look at it, as, as I recall looking at these things every year as far as the tournament goes, Kansas State's problem at the moment is going to be that three te- four teams underneath them have better net rankings. So we know historically that the conference doesn't – the, the committees, they don't really look at conference standings. We, we see this happen. If you're going to take – whatever it is, 10 Big 12 teams, which is sort of my guess this year, at least nine. The problem for K-State right now is they're still the 10th best team by net rankings, regardless of the fact that they're, you know, I think seventh or whatever it is in the league, and that matters more to the committee. Now, we can, I, I, why they are is above my head, but but we know historically that if you're outside that top 50 in the net, you're going to have a challenge, especially if you're trying to make a case that the Big 12 is going to send 10 teams or whatever it is. So I don't think it's cozy at all. I know Jerome Tang has said 500 should get you there, but I don't think it's quite that simple for K-State. I, I think it's a little more complicated than just looking at that conference record. Yeah, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. It's a great point and a great subject to talk about, right? Because if, if you look at some of the projections now, and, and some days I probably put more stock in it than I should, and other days I'm going, eh, I don't, I don't agree with that, or, or whatever, you might, and, and probably everybody's like that. But one thing that comes to mind would be so many have projected, like you said a moment ago, that the Big 12 gets nine in, okay? And they have – Get to counting how many, and again, I use the net because it's one thing that I look at every day, but there are others you, you could look at. But um, there are a boatload of teams uh, in the Big 12 in the top 50 of the net, okay? I use that because you said like the top 50. So they're projecting nine teams to get in. That makes sense. What I don't yeah. understand about that is is that there are, I think, four teams in the SEC that are in the top 50, And yet the projection is, when you look at the Joe Lenardi stuff and and what have you, they get eight in. I want somebody to explain that to me. I I don't get that. I I don't either. But but history says that. And and I think Lenardi's right, don't you? Why? Like, that's that's kind of the way this has gone. So if you're K-State, I'm just concerned that it's got to be more than just being 500. They're going to have to get that metric better. And the best way to do that is to win big-time games on the road. And they have some opportunities to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they have even to this point, but but you think what what really sticks out is is you had a great chance at Iowa State and didn't. You had a great chance at Texas Tech and didn't. This would help getting this one. But I also think it would help if you could win at Texas or if you could win at Kansas or if you could win at what, you know, we, we – 
the eight games that are left, um, all of those are, are high-level games. But I, I agree with you. They need to get one or two on the road. It, it would certainly help a ton. But if you look what's left, I mean, they, they have at Kansas, at Texas, TCU at home, BYU home and home, Iowa State here. Those are enough games to get you there if you play well enough. But you are. Yeah. You, you guys are right. I mean, you, you're going to you're gonna have to earn it and play your way in. I want to ask you about Tyler Perry going back to the KU game. We, we know his shooting struggles throughout the season and um, you know, all of that and, and trying to find his way. He shot the ball pretty well against the Jayhawks. What do you think that does for his confidence level moving forward? Well, I'm hopeful that it takes him to a little bit of a different level because this, this season has been for him pretty different for a lot of reasons. Uh, just stylistically, they're playing different. I think the expectations for him are different. Not that he wasn't you know, really well coached at North Texas because clearly he was, but uh, I thought the other night he did kind of take a step forward, um, and I, I can't explain the difference between first half and second half with him, and I don't think the coaches can either. But you play 40 or 45 minutes and you get, you know, 24, 26 points, I think you probably live with it. Uh, I, I think for me it's, again, we always – talk a lot about him whether it's my interview with you or, or other guys um, he's such a big factor because of his ability to score uh, in a variety of ways but but I think K-State is better when those other guys around him are getting something done and the other night Kaluma was okay Cam was really good um, I don't know what you guys thought <laughs> this is, may sound a little bit odd but if you look at Jarrell Colbert's line, he didn't even have a point in the game. But his first nine or ten minutes was some of the best basketball he's played here, and I thought it affected the game early and maybe even late too. I think they have pieces is what I'm getting at, but they, they all need to take it up a notch, if that makes some sense. Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, if they're going to get those kinds of wins, it, it's – you know, we see this here, Wyatt, a little bit at a different level with Wichita State, and we say it all the time. Like, the, the floor and the ceiling are present too often at the same time. I, I mm-hmm. You know, K-State, I think, has a little bit of that too, right? The consistency to get to the ceiling without yep. getting to the floor. Like, you can't lose to Oklahoma State but be capable of beating Kansas, right? Like, those are the things I think that have that have challenged this team is that consistency. So... Maybe maybe they're just a streaky team, Wyatt, and that's the beginning of another hot streak. And I do think that's enough, right? If they if they had a hot streak and then they had that cold stretch, well, if they get on another hot streak with what's left on the schedule, I think that's going to be enough. I mean, it, do you is it is it as simple as this is a streaky team? I, I just don't know where that consistency is going to come from. Well, it's it's a really good question, honestly, and I think at, at this particular point, you would probably have to say yes, they have been that. Even if you go back into the non-con, I mean, they played a lot of close games against teams that they probably should have gotten away from a little bit easier, right? Would you agree with that? And I think your your point about losing in Stillwater and then beating Kansas doesn't make a lot of sense, but it did happen. So I do think that they have it in them. I've said this all season long too, though, and, and this, this is kind of what goes with our team. They're not as explosive as they were a year ago, and the margin of error is smaller. So they do need to be more consistent. 
especially on the offensive end. I, I've, I felt like for a while now they've been a pretty good defensive team. What's been up and down is the offense, turnovers, and, and probably more up than up and down with the turnovers, um, and the rebounding. And, and again, I'll state this. They, they don't win that game the other night if they don't rebound like that. They just don't. And so um, they need to continue to do that, and it always seems that they're better if it is a point of emphasis. Um, at least that's my uh, perception of it. White, I asked uh, Fitz this yesterday on the show, and I, I want to get your thoughts on it too because I, I feel like it's you know something that always tends to be um, at the top of mind whenever KU and K-State play in the Sunflower Showdown, and that's the historical nature of court storming and, and how that's you know o- not always happened, but it's happened for a while when these two teams match up. That didn't happen on Monday night, and I think it's a fascinating discussion about the culture that Jerome Tang is building, and we've talked about that uh, you know, on this show with you before. So I want to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on you know, being right there uh, you know, on press row and, and not having the students storm the court. What did that mean, do you think, for overall the culture of the program and, and, and basketball in general at Kansas State? Well, I, I love the subject because there was a point where I mark my scorebook and I look up and I see the students starting to come forward or down, however you want to say that. Um, and then I happen to see in my peripheral vision to my left, uh, Jareem Dowling, one of our assistants with his palms up saying, no, 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 stay there. We, we don't want you to do this. Um, <laughs> and I, and I think um, some have, have, have kind of guessed at this, but if, if the game is ended in, in regulation, they might have come to the floor. Yeah. But because of that happened, I, I think they uh, kind of hung with what the coaches were asking for there. I don't know if you agree with that, if yeah. that sounds crazy, but, but I do think that there was something to it. Um, I visited with Jareem at practice a little bit about it yesterday. And he, he, he said, and, and he said to me, Wyatt, you know this, but coach Tang said last year, multiple times, you know, we're, we're giving them the one, okay? The, the court storming last year was the one they get. We don't want them to do it anymore because the expectation needs to be that when KU comes here, they're going to be in for a, for a fight, and more times than not, we're going to win the game. And I think that's what they're trying to, trying to get across there. doesn't mean that it's going to happen 100% of the time, but I, I think you know the fact that K, K-State's beat them twice here uh, in two years with Tang kind of augments, you know, kind of what they're hoping, you know, for for the future. Well, yeah, I mean, I want to go back to, to your rebounding thing. Just this is this sort of stuck with me, Wyatt. If that's going to be okay. so key for them, I, I've never yeah. looked at this team and said, yep, yeah, that's going to be a great rebounding team. They don't mm-hmm. feel like they're constructed that way. So – is it gonna ha- is it like all attitude or am I just wrong? I mean, it is physically and, and ability wise, can it be a good rebounding team or is it gonna have to be something where they overachieve in that department to be one? That's a good question too, and and I I guess what I would maybe clarify there is is that if you look at games in which they've struggled, and I'm talking about the board work, not necessarily shot making and those kind of things, when they've gotten beat on the boards it's been pretty handily and that's what i think they're trying to avoid i don't think this is a team that's constructed that way i think you're accurate there uh but but i do think that they're more than capable uh, but it it is about you know being technically sound with 
boxing out and, 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 and playing, you know, the rotation defensively properly and those kind of things. And that's why I think they are capable because they are more times than not playing good defense. But the Houston game comes to mind. I mean, think about there, there were probably three or four times in the first 15 minutes of that game where Houston gets three and maybe four opportunities in one possession to score. Yeah, I know they're elite that way, and especially at home. Uh, but but you, that just can't happen. You, you've got to be better than that. And I, I think more times than not, um, when when they've really competed on the glass, it's been a pretty competitive game. That's that's all I'm trying to say. I don't think they'll they'll you know it'll it'll be necessarily a, a team strength uh, where they're just outboarding teams like they did the other night by ten. I just I just don't think that'll be the case. I didn't get a chance to uh, ask you a Super Bowl question earlier, so I want to ask mine right now. Uh, so Felix yeah. Anudike Uzama looks like he's going to be able to get some action in the Super Bowl with the injury to Charles Aminahue for the Chiefs. What does that mean having a you know, K-State standout rookie first-round draft pick for Kansas City getting action in the Super Bowl for the overall program and, and Chris Kleiman and what he's doing? I really appreciate the question. I, I – uh... I'm so proud of Felix and what, what he's done, even though it hasn't probably been the rookie year that Chiefs fans have hoped for. But he's playing in one of those positions <laughs> that is pretty difficult. Um, I'm hoping he plays well, uh, for sure. What does it mean for the program? I, I think you could probably say it, it means a lot on one hand, and, 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 and if, if he just is okay, it'd be all right. You just want him to, to make a few plays and be, you know, pretty technically sound. Uh, but I, I think this year has been trying for him. Um, I, I remember going to camp. He wasn't fully healthy. And I, if I'm being honest, I think he's been a little bit behind all year long. And it is a difficult position to play. But if, if he plays well, uh, who knows what the future brings for him. Because he, he can be an explosive player. He's, he's just still learning at that level. I hope that answers it. But yeah. It could mean a lot. I mean, you you have uh, young people in your program going on and playing the NFL like that. It it, it it certainly helps. All right, Wyatt, we are excited about this one. I, I honestly think that the BYU games may be the best opportunity just because of how much the metrics like them for K-State. Of course, going on the road is going to be tough. You guys will be out there. Yeah. Uh, it's a late game out there. Coverage begins at 8 o'clock here on KFH. What do you guys have in store for us on the broadcast? Well, we, we are going to fly at 9 o'clock tonight, which is a re- really weird. Um, yeah. But uh, we, we do go on the air at 8, tip there at, at 9 o'clock Central Time tomorrow night. And, you know, we'll, we'll have kind of the typical pregame there where you'll hear from Coach Tang and uh, we'll have the, the assistant who has the scout and uh, kind of look at, you know, some of the matchups there. And th- this is a big one. I, I'm, I'm like you. you be, because they're – and I haven't looked – uh, specifically at where they're ranked in like Ken Palm and the net today. But last time I looked, BYU was like six. So if you could somehow get in there and sneak this one out, man, it would be one for the resume for sure. Um, it'll be difficult, though. They they play so well. You just have to, like I said before, you have to hope that you don't get them on a night where they're into double-digit made threes because they're so adept at it. I do think K-State is uh, good enough defensively to create some problems for them uh, if, if you know, they can make some shots, compete on the glass, and and be athletic enough to be right in the, in the face of uh, Ali Khalifa all night long. It's interesting with them, and I, I know you're ready to wrap up here, but 
they, they have three big guys that they use, and Khalifa's missed the last two, but I, I can't stress enough what a good passer he is as a big man. And then uh, for Sini Triori um, and, and the Atiki kid, uh, Atiki's a rim runner. The other guy's just a bull on the, on the block. So they, they have pretty much the three pieces that you'd like to have in their, their five-man. <laughs> so they'll, they'll be a tough out. Yeah, I'm excited to see them play. I've not seen them play yet this year, so that'll be exciting too. All right, Wyatt, well, safe travels out there. Enjoy the scenery, uh, and we'll be ready to listen to the call right here on KFH. Appreciate that, guys. Thanks so much. There goes Wyatt Thompson, voice of the K-State Wildcats. It's right there for him. Got to go get another one. I, I, a road win at BYU I would maybe be enough if you get to that 500 spot. We'll see. The metrics love the Cougars, love them. Have all year. And we'll, you know, I, the, the record notwithstanding. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. I think they're the second highest net ranked team in the Big 12 right now. Tommy at eight, even despite yeah. a four and five conference record. I mean, the challenge for the Wildcats is to not have a letdown after Monday. And I don't think they will because they've had quite a bit of time, you know, to get yeah, ready for this I, game. I don't think they'll have a letdown, but is a... Is a good game good enough, I think, is another answer I don't really have. Uh, Let's talk about KU and Wichita State and what they've got coming up this weekend when we return. We'll continue college basketball. We'll get back to Super Bowl talk in the next hour. Don't go away. It's Sports Daily. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster alongside you. Let's give away some HTO here as we begin this segment. We'll do that to our first caller right now to 869-1240. Get you a free iced tea, a free brew house coffee from HTO. Uh, those coupons good for Wichita East, Wichita West, and in Derby. Good luck, everybody. Uh, get your weekend started off right. We look ahead, Tommy, to KU here first because they play Saturday. It's a home game against Baylor. Bill Self always says you can't let one become two. I think that is ultimately critical for Kansas here. Uh, They're still very much in the mix to win the Big 12. Baylor is a half game ahead of them. You've got Baylor at your place if you're going to win the Big 12. I mean, is it as simple? I don't think it is, but I'll ask it anyway. Is it as simple as you've got to beat Baylor to win the Big 12? Can Kansas afford to fall another game in the loss column behind Baylor? I, I don't know that they can. I don't know that they can. They get them twice, so that probably helps uh, uh, quite a bit. But it does, you know, a, again, it's all relative, right? If we're talking about winning the Big 12, not about 
anything like with K-State, we're talking about making the NCAA tournament. Kansas obviously isn't in any danger there. But we're talking about winning the Big 12. It kind of feels like they're going to have to beat Baylor at home if they want to do that. Yeah, I, um, I I think that they absolutely they absolutely have to win this game if they want to win the Big 12. Uh, I just don't think that there's any other option for them. I mean, so you would potentially fall back behind, you know, a game and a half or even two games of Houston. You, But, you you know, you beat Houston. I I think it's still, look, I think it's still possible. I think there's enough games left on the schedule, and I think the likelihood that anybody's running through the Big 12 is not super high. But is Houston going to lose two more games? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's where it gets into. That's where like I mean that's okay, that's so, the part yeah, where it gets look, hard when to you look imagine. At, when you look at Houston's schedule the rest of the way, you know they've got Texas at home, they've got Iowa State at home. One of their conference losses was Iowa State on the road. They've got Iowa okay. State back at home. They go to Baylor. They also go to Oklahoma, and then KU wraps up the Big Twelve season in Houston. So I mean there are. There are some tougher games, absolutely, for Houston down the stretch, but I'm not sure they're going to drop two more. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think so either. Um, so that's where you get into like, I think it's kind of a must win. I don't, I don't know that we can definitively say it right now, but it does feel that way to me. And and you don't want to, you just like for for the you know season's sake, you don't want to lose two games in a row. And you don't want to lose a game at home. I, the Kansas has not lost a game at home yet this year. They're twelve and zero at Allen Fieldhouse, including that whooping they put on Houston. You got, but you know, you just have to like. It's almost like they have to keep reminding us that they can be that team. There's about a billion different reasons why this game needs to be a KU win. I have not seen the betting line. I don't know if it's out yet, but they usually don't put those out till game days. But it's a fun one. I'm excited about it. It's always fun with Baylor. Uh, it's a five o'clock tip time, right? You can watch that, and then we can watch K State uh, right after. Like this will be a unique weekend because nothing conflicts, right? You get to watch KU, then you get to watch K State. You can watch Wichita State Sunday, and then you can watch the Super Bowl. They're not going to conflict, yeah. so that's nice. That's a that's a nice thing to have. I kind of like Saturday afternoon basketball, but we get you know we get the evening games. It'll be fun with Baylor. And I, and I would predict a KU win there, right? I need to. I don't know what the line will be, but but I'll probably be on the KU side of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that KU's got. Um, you know, when it comes to the way that they match up against Baylor, I think they match up pretty well, except for what happens after the starting five. Uh, and and honestly, it's not even what happens after the starting five. It's can Johnny Furphy bounce back. He didn't have a great game against the Wildcats on Monday inside Bramlage. That was his very first Sunflower showdown, and maybe the only time he ever goes to Manhattan. And it it wasn't a great game for Johnny Furphy. So can he get back to the stretch of basketball that he played two or three weeks ago uh, when he really burst onto the scene nationally and filled that five spot pretty well for the Jayhawks? Yeah, and he's going to be good in the game, I'm pretty sure. I, I think he'll be good. Um, Wichita State Sunday, Tommy. I I can't tell you how much I love this opportunity for them. I really do. Like, if you just the the back to back roadies that FAU is going to be on coming into it, and I didn't see what did they do last night? Did they handle themselves last night? Let me let me let me check that quickly. Um, because that was uh, they oh they, oh, they lost, lost last they night, lost by Tommy. three to UAB. Oh, no. Wow, that's not overtime. Good. That's not. 
that's not good. So you really would have liked them to not be angry uh, when they come in. Holy smokes. But, you know, you can look at that both ways. You can also look at it as, you know, they've been 3-3 three and three on the road. You know, they've been really good at home, and they're 3-3 three and three on the road. So they played a lot of neutral court games this year. It's kind of strange. I, I mean, they're beatable. We UAB just showed you that they're beatable. So what what are you going to do if you're Wichita State with the same sort of opportunity and they have to, I assume, stay on the road? I don't think they'll go back home. So they've got to stay on the road. You've had a long time, right, to get ready for it. it this is a real this, – this may be the best opportunity for Wichita State to go get that signature win that they will have had since they played Missouri, Kansas, and Kansas State. Like, this is, this is the spot, right? They they had it in hand against Memphis. They couldn't get it done. Well, this is an even bigger opportunity, and you get this one at home. I, I'm, I'm excited to see how this comes out. I, I don't know what to expect, um, but I just know that they're capable in this game, right? Like, if UAB can beat FAU, so can Wichita State. I think that's realistic. Well, I think it is, too, and, of course, these two teams have played before, and uh, the uh, the Shockers hung with Florida Atlantic, um, you know, for quite a while. Very in that much first so. matchup yeah, on I think the road. They ha- I think they. I I don't have the numbers that I because I looked all this up last week. I think they may have had a lead at one point early in the second half. They were one of the games where the Shockers had a lead late enough that you were like, "Dang, they had yeah, an opportunity so there." Going back to that game on January eighteenth um, at Florida Atlantic, the Shockers had an eleven point halftime lead. And then Florida Atlantic just came out on fire. They outscored the Shockers by 20 in the second half to get a nine-point win. But I do remember, and I don't want to—I don't think it was all the way like midway through the second half. But I do know, at least for a while in the second half, the Shockers did have that lead before Florida Atlantic just—they found something. They made the adjustments at halftime, and they were able to uh, to pull away and have a nine-point win. Yeah. Um... We'll see. I I think I really do think they've got a chance. I I am as excited for that one because it feels like it's there in front of you. Probably is. I mean, is any game at least since the conference season started. We'll see. Wichita State. You'll hear them this weekend over on KYN as you always do. Uh, that coverage will begin Sunday at 10 a.m. It's an early game. Remember. So KYN Sunday, before you're even thinking about getting out to your Super Bowl party, you can take in the Shockers. Maybe while you're uh, driving around trying to figure out what last-minute Super Bowl additions you need, uh, you can catch the Shockers over on KEYN. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get into the Super Bowl here. We'll take you into some of the audio yesterday uh, from Las Vegas. A little San Francisco sound for you, a little Chief sound coming your way. That's next on Sports Daily. You have those, right, Jeff? With Bob and Tom on 97.5 and 1240 KFH, Wichita's most listened to sports radio, always live on the free Odyssey app. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be a sign that your digestive system isn't working at its best? Taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil fiber powders help promote your daily digestive health using a plant-based fiber called psyllium. The gelling action of this special fiber traps and removes waste so you can...
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.